Welcome back to the Board Game Battles Podcast. I'm your host, Randall, and with me are my co-hosts, Jeff and Drew. Hello. Hi. And this is episode 22, and today we're going to be comparing uh, two Uwe Rosenberg games that get compared a lot by this point, so I'm sure you've already heard various comparisons of them, but we're going to do our take in this episode. We're going to be talking about Agricola versus Caverna. And then afterwards, we'll have a, a little short discussion. Uh, Wizards of the Coast is uh, releasing a new book in May. It's Mordekainen's um, Tome of Foes. Tome of Foes, that's right. So there's been a little bit of a preview of it, so we'll just talk briefly about the preview that they talked about, like what, the kind of content that's going to be in, in the book. Yeah, so that's what we'll be talking about afterwards. Um, also, a bit of an, uh, an addendum or correction from last episode. I had someone tell me that uh, we had made a little mistake uh, with uh, the Dresden Files game. Um, one of the characters, the add-on characters that we were talking about, uh, Raw, wasn't actually in the books. He um, That character is a, um, a crossover with Sentinels of the Multiverse. So Raw was a, a Sentinels character that... See, and that that's why I thought he was the other warden that he was friends with Ramirez at first. Yeah. And like I, I couldn't remember who he was either. I finished yeah. reading the series as like, was there actually there, a there raw? There wasn't someone who was raw. So yeah. that, I'm glad someone pointed that out. Yeah. I know. It was like, Oh great. So someone would listened <laughs> and said, Hey, no, wait, I, you made a mistake. Like, Oh, well, thanks for letting us know. That's perfect. Um, but, uh, so that's it. Yeah. So the Dresden files, um, raw was actually a crossover character from Sentinels of the multiverse. So um, if you uh, if you pick him up, now you know where he's from. Uh, but let's just get right into it. Uh, we'll start with Agricola, originally released in 2007 um, by Uwe Rosenberg, of course, artist Clemens Franz, um, originally published by Lookout Games and in uh, North America, Z-Man Games. Uh, the new version is, of course, now done by Mayfair Games. And... Um, and still lookout games overseas. But um, the, the version we played was the original um, that came out with, in Z-Man. So it played 1 to 5 players, and the new one plays 1 to 4. And if you want to play 5 or 6, you have to pick up the 5 or 6 player expansion. The original had a, a geek rating of 8.0 out of 53,000 ratings. Um, the revised edition uh, doesn't have as many ratings because well, it's only been out a, a few years. Uh, it has a 8.3 out of 2.3 thousand ratings. But I'm, I'm, I'm sure people look up Agricola and when they rate it, they're probably even still rating the old version, not realizing that there's two entries in BGG. So that could be why there's so many less entries on the new one. Um, it's a fairly long game. Uh, they, they say 30 to 120 minutes. It depends on player count. And it'll also... Um, well, if we yeah, took Drew mostly, out of the equation, we if could we have played it in an hour and a yeah, half. Yeah, that's, that's true. We can really shorten <laughs> things down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, of course, we've we've talked about Uwe Rosenberg on here before. He's done a lot of great games. Uh, um, his first game was Bonanza. He's in Agricola, La Havre, Ora at Labora, Glass Road, Caverna, Patchwork, Fields of Arl, Feast for Odin, Cottage Garden. That's just some of the bigger names he's done, and he's done others as well. Mechanisms uh, for Agricola, area enclosure, card drafting, hand management, 
variable player powers and worker placement. Um, going at the rule book, um, it's a it's a fairly well designed rule book, but we're, again, we're going off of the uh, the original Z Man Games rule book, so it, it was it was nicely done, uh, but a lot of text in it. Um, but we didn't have to search around a lot for for stuff in it, so it, it did its job fairly well. When you look at the Mayfair Games one, it's a lot um, brighter. It has a lot more um, pictures in it, a lot more um, examples, so it might be a bit more friendly for first time players. Uh, it also describes uh, changing the number of players a little bit differently too between the versions. Um, in the version we have, you get number of you get like a, a set of cards. You get three different sets of cards for two player, three. No, you get for three player, four player, and five player. But in the um, in the Mayfair version, instead of cards, and these are just for some of your initial actions that are available for everybody throughout the game. Um, in the Mayfair version, they give you different boards, and so you just add on the right the board you need to the um, to the main playing board just to have your initial um, selection of actions that you can take. So that's um, a couple of different differences between the two, uh, but otherwise, components uh, rule book, you know, they, they both do the, both the same kind of job of describing how the game plays and giving you examples and everything. So they both do a good job if you have the old version or the new version of. Of, of describing the game components again both pretty standard pretty um similar the cardboards you know not overly thick but not thin either so it's a good level of cardboard everything comes with you know wood components the original one if you have like the really the really early version like we have it's um just all cubes and discs so like all your resources um and and animals are, are like all your resources are, are discs all your Animals are little cubes of different colors. Um, in this game, there's about three different types of animals and a couple different types of um, agriculture, like wheat and vegetables, and then a few different types of resources, like wood, clay, and stone. So all that is your standard kind of um, standard kind of um, wood um, playing pieces. But when you get to the newer versions, they sort of upgrade you a bit. It's still wood, um, but you get what's called animeeples and vegemeeples. So you get little um, wood tokens to represent the different resources and um, and things a little bit better. So it's, it's I guess it helps bring a little bit more um, flavor to the game with with the newer versions um, as opposed to the old. But it's not hard if you have an older version already. Um, to go out and find upgrade kits for Agricola that'll replace all of the um, the standard cubes and discs with the animeeples and the veggie meeples or whatever. So you can easily upgrade your, your set. Um, if you own both games and you have an older version of Agricola, then you can just do what I did and use pretty much all the, the different resources and animals also come with Caverna. So they're transferable that way. You can use them between both games. You're just be a couple different resources that clay get upgraded. Clay, clay and reed. That's reed, right. Yeah. Yeah. So that uh, those two resources aren't used in Caverna. So there was no upgraded version of that. Um, how the game plays. The game plays over 14 rounds, which are split up into, I want to say seven different stages or no, uh, four, three, five, five different stages. Um, with um, with less and less rounds per stage until you get to near the end where it sort of evens out a bit. The first stage has four rounds. Then you have a harvest. 
The second stage has three rounds and then a harvest. And then the three and four, both three two. and four. I thought it was three, four and five, maybe. No, five is just one. It was one There's action a one. and then a harvest again. Okay. So three and four have two rounds and harvests. And then at the very last um, stage, you have one round and then a harvest. Unless there's six rounds. There might be six. There might be six stages. So it's four, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Yeah. So there is three rounds of two. Three there's three of stages two of one? two rounds and a, and a harvest. Yeah. So that, that's right. And then the final one is a single round and another harvest. Um, you lay the game out uh, based on number of players. There'll be uh, an, an initial set of actions that are that are available throughout the whole game. And then throughout the game, you have a number of actions that will be a little bit variable. Each, uh, you'll get a number of cards. They'll be marked off with like round one or round two or three, four or five or six, whatever. And, um, if there's more than one card per round, you shuffle those up and then lay them on the board face down so you don't know what's coming up. And, um, and then as you play the game, each round you'll reveal the, the next card in line. So it, every round you're adding a new action space of it to, um, to expand the game. And everyone starts with um, a standard wooden hut that has two rooms. And each room can hold one worker. So you start with two workers. And then you just go. Everyone, each round you're using your two workers to take actions, to get resources, to get food or whatever. Um, to do different actions around the, the thing, like plowing fields. You have a, Everyone has a, a player board that is... I think it's four by five. Four by five, maybe six, or is it three six, by three by three by six? It is by. three by, isn't it? Yeah, it's three by. Um, is it six? Yeah, I have actually a picture of it here. Let's see, or is it five? I don't know. Oh, it's three three by five. There we go. So everyone gets a player board that's <laughs> a grid of three by five plots, and each plot plot is square. And as I said, you start with two rooms of a wooden house. And then you can expand from there. Um, the point of the game is to you know build up your your little plot of land as much as possible, and by the end of the game, and then you, then you score, you score everything. Um, if there's a piece of plot that isn't filled up by, at the end of the game, it's a negative one point. Um, if you haven't collected a type of resource or animal, it'll be worth negative points at the end of the game. Not resource, I should say, um, vegetable or animal. Resources at the end of the game aren't really worth anything unless you have a um, a special card that um, makes them worth points at the end of the game. Otherwise, they're not usually worth anything. At the beginning of the game, everyone is dealt um, profession, um, occupations and minor improvements. Uh, minor improvements are little things that you can build next to your game board that will benefit you in some way. And occupations, again, are something you can play next to your board and... Um, again, gives you another benefit. Um, but you can only play them if you take the appropriate action space. And the types of action spaces that will be on the board are uh, place here and get two wood, place here and play one occupation. You can another place, place, you know, there's a section for putting your worker and building an extra room onto your hut. So you can make it up to three four or five rooms. You can really make it as big as you want. 
But um, in order to accommodate workers, you have to have at least one room per worker. And the most workers you can get in Agricola are five. Uh, you can also um, build pastures. So by using uh, wood fences, fence pieces, you fence off certain squares on the board to create a pasture. Each um, single square on the board can hold up to two animals when they're fenced in. If you add a stable to that square or to that pasture, no matter how big the pasture is, it doubles the occupancy of the pasture. Uh, also, a stable can sit on a non-plowed um, piece of uh, land by itself and hold one animal. You're also allowed to have a single animal in your home as well, as a, sort of as a pet or whatever. It's just a place where you can put an animal. Um, you go through the game revealing... Um, new cards as you go every few rounds and it, like I said the very first um, harvest happens after four rounds you have a harvest there's three things that happen during a harvest first it's um, the field phase if you've planted any crops during the field phase you'll take one crop off of each field that you have that that has crops in it and put it into your um, in front of you in your supply after you've done the field phase you do the feeding phase where you have to feed all of your um, meeples or workers two food each. Uh, there's different ways to get food. There's spaces on the board that let you just take food. There's also um, all grain, like the, the grain and the vegetable tokens, if they haven't been processed, are worth one food each. If you build a stove or a fireplace from um, the improvements that you can do, then you can usually convert uh, vegetables um, into more food than just one. Like a, um, a vegetable will usually convert to like three food, depending on the level. Depending of the on fire. the level of your of your yeah. stove. And stoves also allow you to butcher or slaughter animals. So any farm animals you have, if you have, as long as you have a stove, you can convert them into food. But without a stove, you can't. And oddly, the only thing you can't convert is grain unless you do a special action. That's right. The only thing grain. that a stove doesn't do by itself is grain. You have to, there's a special action on the board called... Baked bread? It's baked bread. Mm -hmm. It's it's so, um, that's, that's how you plant your, your crops is to sow the field and or break bread. So if you have any available wheat in your supply that, that is not a field but is actually in your supply, you at that point can convert that wheat into bread, which uh, on the lower level... Um, ovens, I think it converts a, a single wheat into three food. Yeah, and then it gets up to like four or five. Four or five in a higher level ovens, yeah. So there's two types of improvements. I said you, you start the game with seven minor improvements in your hand. Uh, minor improvements will have usually a couple different things noting on them. There'll be any cost to play them. So if they have a cost, it'll be in the top right corner, and it'll be, usually be wood and clay or something like that to play it. And any requirements will be on the upper left-hand corner. So if some of us, I've had a few that um, you play, you can only play this minor improvement if you've played two occupations in front of you, or three occupations, or even four occupations, or whatever. So sometimes if there's a requirement, it's going to be in that top left corner. Occupations, again, there's spaces on the board that let you play occupations. You usually have to pay food to play an occupation. Um, and... Usually that's the only thing is you just go somewhere and pay the food and then you put the occupation down. Most occupations don't have requirements on them. I don't know if I've seen one that does. 
Yeah, I'm not, I don't think I have seen any that have requirements. So you just go to that space, play the occupation down in front of you, and you generally have some kind of benefit. It all depends the occupation on the occupation. Um, these occupations and minor improvements come from a special deck. There's three decks that come in the game. Uh, there's the easy deck, so that's a, that's a really good one for learning if you're if you're not that familiar with this type of game. You play the easy deck, and it, you know it's pretty simple to follow the rules on the, on the cards, and it's not too complex, not not a lot to think about. There's the interactive deck. Um, there's a lot more player interaction with that one. So you'll play a card down in front of you, and it might give you a benefit, but it'll also have a benefit that other people can take advantage of sometimes. Or you'll have a card that if somebody else does an action, you can benefit from their action, like like plowing a field sometimes. You can piggyback off of someone else plowing a field and do it yourself too. So that's the interactive deck. So there's a lot more paying attention to what other people are doing with the interactive deck and taking advantage of it. And then there's the, the K deck, which is the complex deck. Um, I'm not sure if complex and ger- uh, complexity in German starts with a K or what, but they for some reason change their C's and K's pretty. Yeah. It, it probably is. So it might, <laughs> that might be why it's K and it just didn't translate to C here, but the K deck is the more complex deck. And we, we actually played that today and yeah, there's a lot more text to it. There's a lot more things you have to take into account when you're playing those cards. Um, Except that the cards that they do have that interact, like I had a, there were a couple of cards that could interact with other people in the K deck. Yeah, like I had a card that was, I could plow as many fields as other people had plows and harrows, but there was no harrows in the deck. Yeah, we didn't see any harrows in and the deck. And there was only two plows. Yeah. So it was kind of like, well, this is kind of a waste of a card. And that might have been a foreshadowing thing too, because, you know, those are the three decks that come in the game, but uh, there were additional decks you could get. And I think additional cards you could get as well that maybe they added to the deck. I don't know. Yeah. So it's possible that. There was ways to get um, harrows and more plows in the K deck. I don't know. Um, and then there's like, and as I mentioned, there's other decks you can get. There's like uh, some region specific decks. There's like the the Dutch deck or the Netherlands deck, I think. Um, so there's some decks like that that you could you could at one time get. I don't know if you still can. Um, and then I, and this is again the Z Man Games version. Um, I believe. For the most part, the revised one is very similar. I just don't know if they have all three starting decks or not. Um, yeah, looking at a picture of cards that you can get in the uh, the new version, I think they've dumbed it down. They got rid of like the E, I, and K, and they just have like A and B. So there's like an A deck and a B deck potentially. So they may not have three different levels of deck. So I'm not sure, um, but that's most likely what's going to be. It's probably going to be one that's going to be your standard deck of cards, and the other one's probably going to be your more interactive deck of cards. I wouldn't be surprised if that's how it is in the uh, in the new version. Um, but yeah, so that's it. So you have your oh, and one thing I missed I missed in the harvest phase. So after the field and after um, feeding, there's breeding. So for every two animals of a type you have not every two animals but if you have at least two animals of a type like sheep boars or cows you will breed a third as long as you have somewhere to put it so like a fenced area um, they don't your animals don't have to be together to breed but there has to be somewhere to put the new animal and you can't just uh, slaughter a brand new um, calf or, or or either the breeding pair on the same round that they're doing a breed 
So you, um, if you're going to get a third cow and you have nowhere to put it, you can't slaughter it. You just lose it. Uh, but otherwise, as long as you have places to put your animals, they'll breed and giving you additional ones. And, um, yeah, you just go throughout the, uh, the different rounds of the game. Um, your huts can be upgraded as you play. You start out with wood. You can upgrade them to clay. You can make them bigger by spending more clay and reeds. Reeds are really important for building more rooms of your hut and for upgrading your hut to uh, different levels. So after clay, it also goes to stone. That's your final level of, of hut. Um, but after that, it's just, um, yeah, just going through the different rounds, building up your farm, and then at the end you score. Um, scoring, if you're missing any of the major things, like if you, if you're missing an, you, you lose a point. So, for each square that you haven't processed on your field or on your player board, it's negative one point. Um, pastures, they're basically worth a point per pasture that you have. That's like fenced area. Um, up to a maximum of four points. So, um, if you happen to make four pastures on your, on your board, then you'll get up to four points. Um, fields, that's where you plowed them for, for doing farming. Whether or not you actually do any planting or not, for every plowed field, um, you can get a, uh, I think it's like zero to one. Is it a negative one? Yeah, zero to one plowed fields is negative one points. So you have to have more than one plowed field. Two is worth, I think, one point. Three might be two points, and and, and I think so you have on. to get up to like six or seven to get the full four. Is points it? Is that the, you yeah, have to like plow it. a lot then? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, animals, um, all the animals. If you have none of it, like of a particular animal, you'll lose a point. And then cows are worth the most points. Whereas if if you have, I think it's four or more cows, you'll get four points. If I'm, I could be wrong on this number, but it's around Close there. To that, but you get them so late. That well, you hard. get them so late in the game, yeah, because the cows yeah. don't actually come into like I think the the fourth or fifth stage. Yeah, yeah, so, for, for sure with sheep, it's eight plus. Yeah, because sheep you get gets you four points. Yeah, sheep then, show up in the first stage of the game, so you'll get them fairly early. Pigs is seven. Yeah, so I think you have to have like eight sheep to get four points yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah eight or more yeah and yeah it might be seven six or seven maybe. i think it's seven for the boars it might be yeah and then cows yeah less cows for more points but then it is harder to get cows because they show up so much later um and then vegetables um if you don't have uh wheat or vegetables it's a negative one point for whichever one you're missing and then the more of each type you have the more points you can get, you need a lot more wheat to get up to four points than you do vegetables. But that's just because you plant one, you get two on top of it. Yeah. Whereas vegetables, you get one. One on top per, of it. Yeah. Every time you plant. Um, <coughs> and then uh, after all that, it's um, yeah, like I said, every blank space is a negative one point. Each um, uh, field and each clay um, clay room of your house is worth one point. Um, if you've upgraded your house to stone, then each room is worth two points. Every fenced stable is a point. Oh, yeah. Every fenced stable is a point. So if you have a stable and a fenced area, that's one point for each each time you do that. Each person is worth three. E- yeah. And each worker is worth three points. That's right. Uh, one thing about stables, which I didn't mention, whenever you add a stable... I don't know, maybe I did mention this. I can't remember. Whenever you add a stable to a, a pasture, it doubles the occupancy of the pasture. Yeah. So if you have like a... If you have a single square enclosed by a fence, normally you can only have two animals in that square. With a with a stable, it can have up to four. And then 
and and it just goes from there. So if you have a four by four area stabled in, that can hold up to sixteen animals. You can't have a stable on a single. And I did mention this before. You can have a stable two by two on a single um, plot of land with no fence, unless you hold one animal. A two by two would be two by two is, is four eight. spots. So you get eight animals. Oh, two by two. Yes. Yeah. 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 And then with with oh, a stable yeah. gets you sixteen. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Eight without a stable, sixteen with. That's right. But it kind of pointless. Seems as most well all animals. You, the sheep, you only need eight. Yeah, so mm-hmm. have, unless you're using actually having that many animals food. almost doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah, unless you're planning on slaughtering them for food. Yeah, yeah, unless you really want the food. Um, and yeah, and then just uh, cards that well uh, improvements will give you points occasionally. That's right, and mm-hmm. uh, major and improvements usually will have some kind of points about um, associated with them. Some of the miners, some of the miners that you can play will too, and then um, the bonus not, points on yeah, the occasional major. Say. And then there's also bonus points, yeah. So sometimes occupations can give you bonus points, and minor improvements can also give you bonus points. It'll usually be at the bottom of it saying, for every like a, a, a like in this last game, Drew had one for I think every wood you had. It was like um, the well, first up, yeah, wood was a point, a yeah, and up then to up to like sevens yeah. were three victory points um, or something. Well, I I had the joinery, and then I had the sawmill, right? And so with the sawmill, it um, well with the joinery, it would have been. Um, you know, I needed seven wood to get three victory points, but with the sawmill, then it brought it down to five wood got me three points. Right. Um, so yeah, that's the different types. That's the different ways you get points. And then once you just do it, you, whoever has the most points wins. So we played a couple games of Agricola in preparation for this. Um, we, we used one, uh, with the interactive deck and one with the complex deck. Uh, and we also did very different numbers of players too. So the first time we played, we did three players and the second time with four. Um, I did notice a big difference, like changing up the number of players. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yep. Um, like in, in our, cause the only with, compensation was there was an extra wood and an extra clay space. For yeah. There's the a couple player. extra spaces, um, like action spaces at the beginning. Cause I think there's yeah. only four action spaces in the three player, um, four. And these are, um, additional action spaces because there's some standard action spaces which are always there and then you have these cards that represent additional ones that you can get and yeah in the three-player game there's four additional action spaces and then in a four-player game there was six and i I found like with three people we were letting some of the resources really build up build up yeah but with with four people it changed significantly there was a few times one got a little high but Although Overall, I, I, they thought they were getting picked a lot quicker. They were. I, I don't know if that was necessarily the number of players so much as um, the strategies that were being employed by people. True, because you had that card where you're doing all this stuff with wood, where you can convert food to wood, like wood to food. Mm-hmm. You were getting points for wood, so you were grabbing all the wood, and it was like, oh, God, well, Andrew. Well, and on top of that, there was there was a lot more. Uh, you know, then you have four people that are trying to also build fences for yeah. the for their pastures. So. There were, yeah, this time there was a big crush for, for wood. Yeah, wood was um, definitely in short supply in a four-player game as opposed to a three. Yeah, well, but like I said, I, I don't know that that was necessarily the number of players. I think that a lot of that had to do with the strategies mm. that were being employed. Could be. No, not definitely. That's, you that's mean you weren't just fumbling through hoping for the best? That's all I was doing. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> I think that's all he ever does. <laughs> just got to hope for the best. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's definitely a... It, like with a lot of these kind of Euro games, it's definitely a brain burner where you're like 
you're really thinking, trying to think your, your turn through and trying to think what best can I do to build things up, but then also not, you know, get to a point where you have enough food to feed your people. Um, food does become extremely important in this game. Um, maybe, well, even more important than in Caverna as we were, as we talk about Caverna next. Well, see, with this one, the first time we played it through, I worried about feeding my people. Like, yeah. It was first and foremost on my mind. I have, I better plant some crops and blah, blah, blah. This time here, I didn't care. Yeah. I like, I planted a crop eventually mm-hmm. just because it's, the move I evaluated that it was going to get me the most points towards the end, not because I wanted food. Right. When I wanted food, I went to the food spaces. Yeah. That just gave food because they were neglected a lot of the time until yeah. they got up to about three or four. Yeah. But I, I think you, you find after having played either one of these, um, you, you start to realize there's different ways to feed people. Yeah. And it's and, not really about... And as long as you keep in mind... Like, as long as you're aware of what those those ways are, you can very quickly, yeah. I, I think, find you know, develop food it's one way or another. It's not really about farming to keep your people alive. It's more like I'm farming to avoid the negative points at the end. Right. And I'm yeah. really... Like, the, my strategy for the second playthrough was really, I'm going to put as many buildings together as I can that give me victory points. Mm-hmm. And that was why I was so much higher than everyone else because I didn't care about anything other than making sure I had the absolute minimum of food. Right. So I'd slaughter sheep with my cooking stove or whatever. Right. Yeah. To feed them as necessary and grab the food so I didn't have to, so I could try and get their numbers up if possible. But if I had to, it's like, okay, I'll let the sheep go. Uh-huh. But I built the oven because it was worth victory points. Yeah. Not yeah. because I was thinking I'm going to feed my people with sheep. And, I found with that strategy, I didn't fill all my squares for yep. plowing and fencing. I didn't get grain at all through the game. And I still came out on top without trying to be a farmer. Yeah. And I, this last playthrough when we did the K deck, I don't know, I found it a lot harder for me to get things going. And uh-huh. it might have just been the cards I got. Um, I, I think played... it was a loss of interaction. Yeah. And I also found that like out of my minor improvements that I got, like I got one out that helped me when I eventually got cows because then having cows also gave me some food just because I can milk them. But uh, most of my other ones required me to have so many professions. And it's like, okay, do I get this profession out or do I, you know, or do I go for something else that I need? And it, really, it made it really hard um, for me. And one, one of my minor improvements was, uh, cooking hearth it was like the similar one that you get it you know for free on the major improvements yeah it, as long as you have a fireplace but i needed to have a fireplace like i could i could upgrade for free and they were both taken and they early. were both taken like drew and, and marcus both took the fireplaces and, and they never upgrade. put them back yeah and it was like oh, come that on. was that wasn't an accident <laughs> yeah i bet I, I intentionally did not upgrade that so that you guys wouldn't get a fireplace <sighs> see i didn't care because i was getting free clay yeah. So um, I just, and I, I had a lot of clay, up. so I eventually well, Yeah, eventually yeah. you 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 accumulated enough resources to just purchase the thing. Yeah, because you can but, purchase those ones without having a fireplace. But I I, I was pretty sure Marcus wasn't gonna give up his and, and I knew the only other person that didn't have one was Randall, so I thought, well I'm just gonna hold on to this anyway. Yeah. So I, I was stuck with this one minor improvement I could never play. So that was useless. 
the other minor improvements I had required like three professions. I was like, okay, great. So, uh, but they weren't so amazing that I needed to get them out. It was just, uh. well, I don't, honestly, I don't think this game should be played without drafting. Yeah, we uh, did, there's an optional rule, um, which we didn't use, where you draft your initial occupations and minor improvements. I, I don't think these games work well when you have a random assignment of cards to each player mm-hmm. that's different that dictates a lot of how you're going yeah. to play, and sometimes you just get a shit hand. And it's happened both mm-hmm. times we've played it where someone got... A crap hand. A, just a crap like hand Like the first game, you useless. had not so, yeah. that great a hand, and I had a pretty de- I had a decent hand the first time we played. Where this time... And this time, I had like very little I could do with my hand. And I'd say Drew and I had pretty decent cards between the two of us in our hands, yeah. and then you and Marcus were just... Yeah. You seemed to have very little that was worth playing. Mm-hmm. And a draft, at least you have... Love, but then it's also going to add probably a good twenty minutes to the game if you're yeah. not certain mm-hmm. about how you want to play to begin with, and you're looking at these cards trying to decide. Well, either the drafting or the um, you get ten and and select. Yeah, that's another option your... in there where you take ten cards initially instead of seven and and discard three. So that that might make things a bit better too. There's a few different. Let variations. You, at least that one would allow you to like weed out the the weaker ones out Better of your hand. Better in your hand. You're not, you know you're not yeah. going to be able to do something with. Or, well, because I yeah. had, I think, three of my professions all allowed me to do stuff. Like uh, the, the one was like a scholar or something where if someone else played an occupation card, I could pay food to also play an occupation card. But it was three food. Yeah. In a game where... If food you don't tight. have food, you get negative points pretty extreme because you have uh-huh. to beg. Yeah. It it was like, I don't think that card's really worth it because yeah. unless you have a really good food production going, which, I mean, honestly, there's no way to have good food production going in this game really it without really is some really luck. Tough. Yeah. Because there's only one so phase for so long, unless you take Drew's strategy of feeding all your people wood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in in both in both Caverna and and Crickland. Yeah. yeah. Feeding people wood. <laughs> if you don't worry about sowing fields and stuff and actually just feed them through the major improvements and stuff, it's much easier than trying to grow mm-hmm. food to bake it into something else. So if food is the limiting factor in this game, I treat that as I get what I need. And I'm not going to spend it unless I somehow went over luckily. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, because I even had a, an occupation card called The Lover. I think it was an occupation or minor improvement. I can't remember. No, that it was, was occupation. That was, that was occupation. It was definitely an And occupation. it was um, a way to do bre- um, family um, growth without an extra room, but it cost four food. I was like, I never had four extra food to, to, to even try to play that card. Well, and then you're also an extra two food to feed that person unless it's the yeah. harvest is right away. That's right. Yeah. So that's a huge food commitment. So that's one thing we didn't mention all the, during the rules thing is, is growing your, your workers. So like I said, you start with two workers. You can get up to three more as long as you have a room for the new worker. Um, but there's a, a, a couple of different spaces that will show up called family growth. Um, so you put your worker there with a, one of your spare workers that hasn't been used yet. And then at the end of the round, you get them both back. And then during a harvest, of course, you have to feed them all. Um, if you have, if you grow your family on the same turn as a harvest, then that new worker only costs you one food. But if it was any time other than a harvest, then during the harvest, it's normally two food for every worker, just like normal. 
Yeah, I got, I got very lucky that way. There's uh, a card called, I, th- I think it's called Reed Hut. Yeah. Which immediately, um, well, it's a minor improvement. So you play that and you immediately get an, another worker. Yep. Um, you can't score them at the end of the game unless you build an actual hut to move them into, but, and then but they can perform actions. Yeah. yeah. But they can perform actions immediately. Extra yeah. action. Yeah. yeah. That was really that powerful. Was really good. Yeah. It was just that the, um, the competition for action spaces between four players was, was very tough. And so I, I think by the end, you know, yes, I've got this extra action, but it was really tough finding good places to, to, to use him. Yeah. So, you know, I'd be like, Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll pick up, you know, a couple read or a couple wood that maybe I can turn into something later. But, but because the resources don't score anything later it, in the later phases, it's more of a wasted move. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and, and the thing is, I, I, you know, he's not going to score me points at the end of the game, but I still got to feed this thing. Yeah. So, I mean, it was definitely an advantage, but right. it, it was maybe not as big as I, I had hoped it was going to be. I think one of the more important things about this is the, whoever is last, particularly early. Oh yeah. Can, if you're, if you're stuck as last player, it's a big, yeah, big, player big order is a, it makes a big difference in this and game. And I don't think there's enough compensation in the start. Because I, yeah. I mean, everyone who isn't first player gets three food. I think it was. Uh, yeah. So first player got one food or two, two, two food, and everyone, and everyone else, got, else three. got three. So who who's going second gets a really good choice in where they want to play and started with more food. Yeah, and fourth doesn't get anything extra. Yeah, it. So there should have been a little bit more compensation, whether an extra food or an extra resource. It it just yeah. seemed a little shy of choice yeah i agree right. with that. yeah yeah okay so then we'll go might as well move on now to caverna um it won't be shouldn't be as as long because it's a very similar game. <laughs> repeat what you said about yeah. agricola go back to agricola but we'll <laughs> add some stuff um so uh caverna has actually been out for quite a while now it, it came out in 2013 so it's older than the revised version of agricola it um Plays one to seven players. The artist again is Clemens Franz, so he's done all the artwork for, for both these games. Uh, again, it's Lookout Games and Mayfair Games in North America. Um, it has an 8.1 rating out of 20,000, uh, 8.1, yeah, rating out of 20,000 votes or 20,000 ratings and on the Geek Meter. Uh, Again, um, when you look at the rule book on this one, because it's Mayfair, it is a very colorful rule book. It has a lot of pictures in it. Um, fairly, fairly easy to go through and, and read. Um, and, and not too hard to find things on. It, uh, it's laid out fairly well. And then they also give you a second, uh, reference book, which you'll go through and you can reference, uh, uh, tiles in this game instead of having improvement cards you have improvement tiles so all the different tiles have references in this reference book um and um there's also additional things in this reference book to do with exploring which i'll get into um but yeah that's the that so you get two different rule books but again laid out really well and, and nicely designed uh components again same thing um but these are these ones come with the more upgraded components so you get the anime pulls 
Uh, you get more different types of animals in this one. Instead of just having your sheep, boars, and cows, you also have donkeys and dogs. Um, again, you're limited to just wheat and vegetables for on the um, on the agriculture side. And then you also get some crystals. You get um, rubies. You, you have your standard ore. Um, you have ore and wood. Rubies. Rubies. Ore and wood. But then you oh. also get like, oh. the crystals, which are... Uh, no, not ore and wood. Stone and wood Stone are and your wood. resources. Yes. And crystal. Uh, the crystals are uh, ore or rubies, which are new in this uh, in Caverna. The player boards, um, very similar, but also quite different. They're um, six by four, so it's like another grid, but the grid's split in half. So half of it is um, within a mountain, so that's the cavern part. And the other half is your standard kind of trees. It's like a forested area. And um, so you're, you're sort of expanding both ways. You start with a single room that can hold two dwarves, because you're all dwarves in this. Um, in, in one of the corners of the, uh, of the cavern that directly connects to the outside. And then as you're looking through this, uh, at these boards, there's a few spots on the board where when you cover them up, when you like develop the tiles, you'll get a reward for covering up that particular space. It could be food. Um, there's a few places that'll give you food when you cover them up. There's a couple of places that'll give you a, a bore when you cover it up. But like anything, like, like Agricola, if you want to cover something up or take an animal, you have to have somewhere to put that animal. Uh, the one difference being your home starting spot that can hold two dwarves also allows you to hold two of the same kind of animal. So you could have two of any animal. Dogs don't count towards this limit. Uh, dogs just sort of roam freely. But they also have their own special purpose they can play when it comes to herding sheep. But uh, you start... Like I said, with a, with one home area and one cleared out space in the in um in the caverns. Um, so in this game, there's no occupations and there's no um, minor improvements, cards, anyways. <coughs> what they have instead is um, improvement tiles, and so you have this well four different boards that hold. Um, <clears throat> each board will hold twelve different improvement tiles. Um, and then there's one type of improvement tile. Um, every improvement tile, there's only like one of every tile, except for the dwelling. There's like a simple dwelling or not simple dwelling, the regular dwelling tile that, um, there's a whole bunch of those cause everyone can build, build as many of those almost as, as they want. Um, in order to build in any of those improvements, you have to have a clear space in your cavern. And so there's various spaces on the board that you where you can take an action to tunnel out more of your cavern. And there's two different types of um, cavern spaces as you tunnel. There's like a, an empty cavern that you, you can put um, improvements on right away. And then there's crossroads. Um, a crossroad you cannot put a, an improvement on, but you might be able to upgrade it with something else like a like a mine or something. So because you can do mining in this game. And that's how you get ores and rubies. Uh, again, with the agriculture side, in the forested areas, you can clear out the forested spots to make regular pastures. Um, they, you can start out with a plain uh, field, or, or not field, but um, empty, empty. I guess it's like a field, just not a, not not a field that you're harvesting on. It's like or grassland. Grassland, yeah, a plain grassland, and then you can 
instead of fencing, there is fencing in this game, but um, instead of using wood pieces to, to fence something, um, you just pay the appropriate amount of wood for the size of the tile and then swap it out or flip it over to show that it's fenced. Um, so you can have a, a single square that has a fence or you can have a double square that's fenced. So it's not the same as the other one where you could have like a four by or two by two area all fenced in. Now the biggest fenced area is is one is a two by one. It has two spaces in it, anyways. There are stables you can build in this game as well, and again you can have uh, a single stable on a grassed area, which will hold a single animal. You can have a single stable on a wooded area, which can only hold a boar, so you can get a single boar and stick it there. And if you have a single stable in a fenced area, it doubles the uh, capacity for that fenced area, just like before. In this game, just like before, um, as long as you have, during when you get to a harvest phase, um, as long as you have two of the same type of animal, you'll get a third. You know, they'll breed and get you another one. You just have to have somewhere to put it again. Uh, the dogs can herd sheep. And so that's the one where, run uh, thing you can use to break the rule of having to have fenced areas. For every uh, dog you have on a on a plain space, you can have one more sheep. So for one dog, one dog can herd two sheep, two dogs, three, four dogs, four sheep, and there's no limit to it. So you can have a whole bunch of sheep on one square with as long as you have enough dogs to cover them. It's better to separate them though, unless you yeah. don't have the space. As long as you have the space, yeah, one dog space. is two sheep, and then it's only plus one per dog. Where if yeah. you spread them out, it's if two you're per, able to spread them out, then you can dog. hold more. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, and so there's different actions. Just like before, you have a, you start with your two dwarves, and they can each take an action each turn. And the the rounds are a little different in this one. Um, you have three rounds until the first harvest. And then I think it's, um, it, the harvests seem to come a lot more frequently in this game. Yep. So, um, uh, let's see here. I'm trying to remember. It's like three rounds into the first harvest. I think it's maybe two rounds into the second. Then you get a, a round, which is, um, uh, your family improvement round. So instead of being a random time where that family improvement comes out, it's uh it comes out and during that round you have to feed all of your dwarves one food but there's no regular harvest and then after that the harvests are random you get a bunch of harvest tokens um there's i think about four or five green tokens and three four and red three. ones and you you shuffle them all up put them on the board in the appropriate spaces and then when you flip that round the card for that round you see if it's going to be a harvest or if it's going to be one of these red tokens if it's a red token, there's a special card that's off to the side. The first red token means there's no harvest. The second time you get a red token, it's uh, not a harvest, but you have to feed all your dwarves one food. And then the last time you get the red token, you get a harvest, but you're skipping one of the phases, either the field phase or the animal breeding phase. So you just do two of the three. Uh, where And the third, the second thing doing being feeding all your dwarves two food each. Um, there's also a mechanic in this one called, uh, exploring. Um, so within the first one or two stages, which might be the fourth or fifth round, I can't remember when it shows up, there's going to be a blacksmith that shows up. Wasn't it random that like that could have shown up in the first round? It might be in the cards. first stage. It might yeah, be like stage. one of the, cause there's three, 
rounds in the first stage. So it might be one of those three cards. I think it is. Yeah. Uh, when that one shows up, you take that, you can use ore to outfit one of your dwarves within it with a weapon. So whichever dwarf you put in that space, you pay up to eight ore to give them a weapon of that strength. So, um, uh, you get a whole bunch of these weapons, um, little discs that sit on top of your, uh, your dwarves. And, um, you just take the appropriate strength weapon, stick it on top of them. And then immediately that dwarf can explore. Um, it gives you, uh, so when you, when you do the blacksmith action, it gives you an explore three action you can do right afterwards. What the three means is you'll get three rewards from exploring. And the rewards you get will depend on the strength of your weapon. So if you just like, if you just build a single strength weapon, a strength one weapon with one ore, uh, you'll look at the chart and every level of weapon has a, usually one or two rewards associated with it. The level one is the only one that gives you like, there are three potential rewards for level one. And I think it's a uh, dog, dog wood and plus yeah. one to all weapons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dog wood and plus one to all your weapons. You also get plus one to your weapon after you're done exploring. So if you do that plus one to all weapons, you, you'll immediately upgrade your weapon. And then when you're done exploring, it gets upgraded again. So a level one weapon will go to level three right away if you do that. Um, but if you, you'll usually go to that space and spend more or than just one. Um, so you'll have a few different choices. You can only ever take one, each reward once during each explore, but you can get stuff like vegetables. You can get sheep. Um, eventually you'll get, um, come back with a room for your cavern. Yeah. You can, you can furnish your cavern. (laughs) There's spots for furnishing your cavern by using the upgrade tiles, the furnishing tiles. Uh, eventually you'll be able to get cows and, and boars. You'll be able to clear fields and more spaces within your cavern just by using these rewards. So exploring adds a, quite a bit to the game, actually. Uh-huh. It makes a, uh, it adds a, a whole other element that doesn't exist in Agricola, which was, which was interesting. Um, but there's also in this game a lot more harvesting. It seems, you know, with those, except for those three, uh, red ones, which sometimes will not give you a harvest. There's a lot of those green um, harvest uh, discs that'll flip over, and so each round, like there'll be like several rounds where you're harvesting every round. But food is a lot more plentiful in this game too. It's not as as tight. Well, you don't need to use a special thing. Everything yeah. converts directly into food. Yeah, there's you no need it. there's no longer needing a stove to convert stuff. So right away, um, grain is worth, worth one food. Uh, vegetables are worth two food. Um, sheep are two food. Sheep are one. Oh, sheep are one. You're right. Yeah, yeah sheep are, are one. Boars are two and cows are three. And a donkey is one unless you kill two, then they're worth three. Yeah, together. if you harvest, if you, if you slaughter two donkeys, you get three food. Otherwise, you only get one food for a donkey. And no food for dogs. No eating dogs. Um, and rubies can be converted to other things, which will eventually just get you two food anyway. So a ruby is essentially two food. And there's also gold in this. So at the end of the game, everything basically converts to gold and that's your victory points. So the gold that you'll get from various things is essentially just like having victory points. But you can also use gold for food as well. I think it's two gold is one food, three gold is two food. Yeah, one extra per... Yeah, one extra per gold. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that that's essentially how the game is. You're you're harvesting, like you're clearing out the... the the um the forest. forest tiles you're you're tunneling out the uh the cavern tiles 
and then you're building improvements on, on top of them. Uh, the improvements, there's lots of different types of improvements. There's dwelling improvements, like there's the big dwelling ones, like the standard ones you can get, but there's also some special dwelling ones, but there's only one of each type. There's um, improvements that will give you food depending on something else you do um, or ones that will uh, cheaper to build, make things cheaper to build or points at the end of the or game. ones that are okay. for victory points at the end of the game. So yeah, getting rid of all those um, improvement cards, it just basically gave you this grid of, of um, cave improvements that you can put on. You just have to ha- have the available space to, to play them and the resources too to build them. Um, I think that's yeah. That's pretty much that's pretty much it. Because I mean, it's it's Agricola with some changes. Yeah, they made some changes to it. So, and that was the thing. We played this. We played Agricola once. Then we played Caverna twice. And and Marcus wasn't here for the first time. We played Agricola, so we had to basically explain how to play Caverna to him. Um, But you know, once he picked up Caverna, then we went to Agricola, and it was no more exploring, just farm, just farming, exactly. (laughs) And the second time we played Agricola, we had gotten used to it. And it went real quick because we, we knew what we were doing. I found even though Caverna has like more aspects to it, like there's the cave instead of the farming, yep. I, I farmed more in Caverna. Yeah, so, so did I. It's yep. because it's easier. food isn't the limiting factor. You want to farm for victory points and convert what the bare minimum you need into food. And it's yep. easy to convert into food. It's just if you get certain buildings you're allowed to get more food for like your vegetable and grain combination that drew got both times uh-huh. that turns into five food instead of three. Right. Yeah. So there's benefits to building, but you farm because every vegetable is worth so many points and every two grain is worth a point at the end of the game. So there's a point to getting as much vegetables as you can. Yeah. Same with the cows. It's like, one cow is a victory point at the end of the game, the same as a sheep, same as a dog. Like, yeah, so the victory point calculation is a lot different. It's just you get a point for every animal you have. But if you're missing a type of animal, it's negative two yeah. points. But it's easier to get said animals and yeah. breed them. Uh, there's no negative points for not having like wheat or, or vegetables. Um, but vegetables were worth more points. I think they were worth... One point per vegetable, whereas I think wheat were worth half a half point, a point per vegetable. Rounded per, up per wheat, yeah. Um, and then there was the victory points for all your any tiles you've built. Um, there's mines, um, which I may not have covered that much, but as you're as you're tunneling out your cavern, there's spaces where you can go that'll build a mine on on certain spot, spot, points of your cavern. Um, and mines are also places where you can store your donkeys. So instead of having to store them outside in a stable or in a fenced area, you can just have a donkey on a mine. And as you know, it's the same thing. As long as whenever you're breeding a pair of animals, you have to have somewhere for that third animal to go. So if you have more mines, and you can have donkeys just walking around your mines, which is fine. Um, but generally, sheep have to be outside, and, and cows and and boars. Unless you have the cuddle room. Unless you have a cuddle room. Yeah, there's a cuddle room <laughs> where you can have as many. Sheep as you have dwarves yep. for cuddling. <laughs> um, and then and you can always have a pair of the same type of animal in your in your dwelling. And there's one special dwelling you can build. I think it's called the uh, Master's Suite or something like that, where you can have another pair of animals. Yes, in with your, another, own, another with two dwarf. dwarves and another two animals in that one. It might have just been one dwarf, I think. One I dwarf and two, two animals. Maybe it is one and two. Because there was, there was the couple dwelling, which I did build, which lets you have two dwarves oh, but okay. no animals. I didn't get it in either time we played. So. Yeah. 
so yeah, um, it's just basically it's, it's more of the same base, but um, different. Um, you farm for purpose of points, like in Agricola. There's that confusion of how many vegetables do I need to get the most amount of points? Yeah. Like, do I lose more by feeding my people this or that kind of thing? And what do I convert? When this one is pretty simple, the more you grow, the more points you get. It's yeah. straight conversion. Uh, the adventuring, it has a great reward if you have nothing else to do. I found it as your first action oftentimes wasn't necessarily the best. Right. But it was, it was a good way to, like, especially some of the early spaces like the go adventuring one when you can collect wood at the same time yeah was a good option later in the game that no one was taking anything because it still gave you with a high level dwarf a decent chance decent to reward. build a yeah. house dwelling or something yeah there was multiple spaces that showed up that you could adventure with like the the, the blacksmith was like one of your main ones you would do first because you'd build your weapon and then do an adventure three but there was a place, yeah, where you could collect wood, and it has an adventure one, so you can get one reward based on whatever level your dwarf is. There was a uh, um, I think later was, on there was a there was an adventure four. Yeah, yeah. there's like an adventure four, and that's the only thing you do there. Is just go there, and you get four rewards based and on your level. There of your was dwarf. Also, much uh, later. There's another make another a weapon blacksmith, and then another two, two, adventure two single ones. adventures, yeah. Yeah. and there's also an adventure two. And I think it was that was in the ore build, mine. The ore mine. You build an ore mine, and you get an adventure two. Yeah, that's right. So there's about four or five different places you could adventure. Um, so you could really take advantage of that as long, you know, as long as you start outfitting your dwarves. Um, that's one thing too. Um, if you have a dwarf with a weapon and a dwarf without a weapon, typically you have to use the one without a weapon first in order, and then or in order of weapon strength. So if you had multiple weapons, the lower weapon has to be used before the higher weapon, unless you use a ruby. If you have a ruby. You can spend that ruby to use a dwarf out of order. Well, and, and the rubies really change the structure of this game yep. because it means that everything can come and play early. Yeah. I mean, still, again, you're not getting choices to bring cattle into the game until later. Actually, but, no, in this one, there wasn't even a space for cattle. It was. Oh, yeah. It was just that you can, but you can get it as a reward for adventuring. Yep. Or you can just buy it with a ruby and a food. Yeah, one so, food and one ruby gets you a cow. Yeah, yeah. so you, you can get things much earlier if it's a priority. You didn't have to wait for that turn or yeah, round right. five for cow space coming up. Yeah. So it was um interesting that way. Like, yeah, it, it seemed like the things that you're waiting for later in Agricola, you didn't have to wait so long to do it in Caverna. But then there was the the competition for the rooms, like the yes. it, it it doesn't make sense why someone else can have a bread baking station and I can't because they built one yeah. first kind of thing. But yeah, it's nice to know that everyone has the same options there. Like right. it, if you want it, you better get it quick yeah. over someone mm-hmm. else. That was that was like one of the negatives for me on the game. It wasn't a, it was a wasn't a bad thing. It was just. You know, depending on how your table's laid out, it, those those yeah. tiles may not be right near you, and so you're either getting up a lot to try to look at them. Um, well, both times we played Caverna, the housing was like a fair distance away from you and I. Yeah, yeah. So when we wanted to build, it's kind of like uh, what's available. What's available <laughs> yeah. over there? What do you guys have over there that's yeah. worth building? And there's like the reference book, but the reference book it's straight text, so it's like you're reading through. Okay, here's the color room. The two stone or whatever it is to build the color room and the text to do it. It's not laid out really nicely, so it's 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 kind of hard to follow. 
Um, so if you get if you get Caverna, I re- highly recommend going to BGG and printing off um, some nice graphical references. I found a you know a fairly decent two page one, like a double sided one, that has all the rooms in a graphical representation of the resources that's required to build the room, and you know and and the text that tells you what the room does. But it's a lot easier to follow that way, I find, than trying to go through the reference book and figuring out what's what. So. Yeah, if you're I, looking for it, it's called the Furnishing Tiles Player Aid. Yeah, I think that's what it definitely was called. Definitely needed. Yeah, definitely. It's 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 mm-hmm. it's highly recommended to get that. Uh, it, it would just make it easier. So it's something they should have included in the game, but you know, whatever. They added a lot in that box. It, that box plays up to seven players. That's another difference with Caverna and Agricola. Out of the box, it can play one to seven players. So there's a single player variant in there, which I've never tried, but it can play right up to seven. I don't know that I'd ever want to play with seven players. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're going to spend a day to play Caverna? Yeah. With seven people? I mean... Maybe. It could be a long game. Yeah. But, well, you know, it it went fairly well with four of us. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't too bad. Yeah, it moved faster than Agricola. Yeah. And, and you know, the more spaces do come out with more players, too. So maybe there's enough spaces that it's not... won't feel so... Yeah. It, it, if they're giving yeah. you good options more good options so yeah it's probably fine it should yeah. still keep the pace up it should yeah as long as everyone knows what they're doing or knows how to play then it probably won't be too bad and, and again <coughs> with um with the adventuring that can also help mitigate stuff like you don't go on an adventure you can get resources mm-hmm. that you may not have available to you on the uh on the board yeah yeah that's that, i think that was what i found was the, sort of the grand equalizer was if if you needed something and and you couldn't get it some other way. I mean, adventuring was how you, you know, it was so customizable because, you know, you could just choose whatever you wanted within the, the level of your warrior. As yeah. soon as your warrior was about level eight, you pretty much were guaranteed to be able to do anything yeah. you wanted to an extent. And, and well, even... and eight was was not even. I, I didn't really think that that high of a level. That I mean, by the time we were, oh no, there's good done, options. Yeah. You know, we were. You know, we had warriors that were like level twelve. Yeah, the highest they can get is level fourteen. So, you know, take a few, you know, take a, a few adventures with them, and maybe even choose the plus one to all your weapons a couple times, and mm-hmm. you can definitely get your guys up there fairly quickly. But I mean, what I was saying is like level six and below are take a resource mm-hmm. kind of yeah. things, and then you hit level seven and it's furnish a room. Level eight is a free stable. Level nine yeah. is build a one square fence Fence for half the cost then the next one up is like you get cattle or build a two square fence for half the the cost cost. yeah Yeah. so as soon as you hit that level you're never really stuck without an option in your first turn it felt like right it doesn't matter what place in the order you were going if everyone took the adventure things then what you really needed to do was available anywhere as a square as a space to play Mm -hmm. on so I, I didn't feel it was quite as limiting for competition as to where you're going to play. Yeah. And it is quite possible to play a game and not even do any adventuring. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, that is a strategy you can take. Not Avoid the adventuring altogether and just do everything else. And you, you have a good chance of, of competing. I think definitely. I only adventured three times the last time we played. Yeah. It, well, sometimes those adventuring spots went pretty quick, too. So it was tough to... You know, I had, like, all my dwarves had weapons... I was going for the whole thing where there's a one of the upgrade tiles is you get eight points at the end of the game as long as all your dwarves have weapons. I mean, I, I 
I didn't come in first in that one. Yeah. And I dropped points from the previous one, but I didn't like it was still competitive. It came yep. down to the last. Oh yeah, I think couple at the last game, Randall and I tied. You were one point behind us, and Marcus blew us out of the water. Yeah, he was way ahead of us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I actually went. With, I actually ended up with six dwarves by the end of that one. Uh, yeah, because there's this yeah, one particular room that'll get you a sixth dwarf, which you normally can't get. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's Caverna. Um, so now I guess going to our final judgments. Uh, you know, at, at first, after we played our first game of Agricola, then our second, our first game of Caverna, I was I was on the fence a bit. I wasn't, you know, sure which way I was going to go. I enjoyed both. I think the first time playing Caverna and having all of those harvests come up one after another because the very first game we played. We had nothing but harvest until the last three rounds. It's supposed to be random. It's supposed yeah. to be random, <laughs> but the three red chets didn't show up to the last three rounds. So it was like harvest, 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 then a bit of a break. <laughs> so it was like barely a bit of a break. So at that, on that first playthrough, I was like, oh, well, I, I don't know. All that harvesting was just not sitting well with me. Then we played the Caverna a second time and there was a bit more randomness. They did come out a little bit more space. Still a little group. We got our first two red things fairly right away quick, yeah, right and away. then we got a good mix a good well, mix the, like a bunch of harvests and then yeah um but you know there was still a lot of harvests but you're more prepared for it that second playthrough and you're playing you know we were able to play around more and and play with our strategies a bit so that that second playthrough went a lot better i, I found and then then we played a, our second game of agricola and so after after playing you know both games twice like that and, and really trying them out, I do have to say I, I prefer Caverna. Um, I like both, um, but Caverna just has enough to it that it just makes it a bit more enjoyable for me. Honestly, this morning I, it was about an hour into Agricola. I'm just like, shoot me. Please shoot me. <laughs> it's like I had made my decision right then and there. Yeah. <laughs> and it was because I saw that I was going to win. Like I honestly, I looked at, at the yeah. point structure yeah. and I'm like, I'm so far ahead of everyone and there's nothing you can do to catch me because of the major improvements and stuff I bought. Right. Yeah. And it's like, I, you guys maybe would have caught on, but you're not as focused on the other player in that game. But in that game, I knew I was losing. Like I knew I had no yeah, chance it, of It's like you get to a certain point and it just yeah. seems like it's inevitable. Yeah. I didn't know what anyone else had, but I just knew from how, what I had that I could play. I still came in like, I don't know, second or third. I can't third. remember. Third, because Drew came in second. Yeah, um, but we were really close within a couple of points of each other, and Marcus was a few points behind me. So we were all three of us were fairly close to each other. You were just way ahead of us. Yeah, yeah. So but it, I, I could just tell that I had no chance of winning. It's a farming game, but I took it as a building game yeah. instead, yeah. and I and I just went all houses, and I did the minimum I needed to get not yeah. like not have negative points. Did you even plant? In, in I never people? planted. I, had I think that, that at the was end of the game. three of us then. Yeah, I never that, planted a single thing. That did sowed, you plant? No, we, we we sowed a field each. Yeah, and then Marcus, Marcus was the only once. one that planted. No, I yeah. planted. I planted. Did twice. you really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he did plant eventually. Yeah. yeah, you and I did not. No, when, when I had a special square... thing that got me extra fields. Like, but I, I I got these fields. I had three fields, but I never planted a thing. I I only planted the late game. You get the square where you can plow a field and then plant right afterwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that's when I did it. Yeah, and I got a vegetable when it first popped up knowing that that was coming so that i could do it and then i did it twice because it took care of two negative spaces and gave me enough vegetables to give me a couple extra points Uh 
So that's the only reason I yeah. did it. Like, I wasn't was... interested in farming. I was just looking at how do I build. Yeah. And that was kind of the thing in that last game, too. It took so long, like, to get wheat and vegetables. Like, wheat, you get you can get right away. But, but there's no point. There's almost no point. And then vegetables, it, eventually it shows up. But then it's like, oh, you it's, might not it's so be hard able, to get them. You might not be able to plant until, like, the fourth yeah. round. And it, it's just yeah. like... Ugh, no. <laughs> it's a farming game. Let me farm. Like yeah. if if you're going to base it off of that, I know it's a resource management game. Yep. But the only resource you're really managing is food. Yeah. Where in Caverna everything was it's like everything's important because everything's worth points yep. and then there's food on top of it. So, you wanted everything because if you go too heavily in one way, you're going to be limited for space for like animals or something. But if right. you are planting and getting animals and you're using them to feed your people all at the same time, cause it's so easy to convert. It was just, it made sense to farm because yeah. it was easy to get food from it and you got points immediately. So, and there wasn't a complex scoring where eight cows equals this many mm-hmm. points. Or That's right. Like it's just a point per animal, <clears throat> dogs, cows, donkeys, yeah. whatever. So you, you kind of have an idea of how everyone's doing just by a quicker glance. It's like, oh, you have like five dogs and six yeah. sheep. And it's like, well, there's 11 points. I'm looking at two. So yeah. I should maybe get off my get, ass and start <laughs> get some animals. doing some stuff. Yep. So and then the adventuring, well, I mean, it wasn't necessary. It's kind of a nice little quirk still. Yep. Like it, it added something, even though it wasn't like some adventure that was random. It was just you picked rewards you pick rewards on this chart based on the level of your weapon yeah just gave it a little bit of a theme that was Mm -hmm. a little more entertaining for me did you say what ian preferred i did not and what did you prefer he's afraid to Uh, (laughs) i I don't know it's it's so hard to say really there there, and and i I don't know maybe this is this is a a, an advantage to agricola but it, it it's it could also be considered a knock against it. There are so many expansions for this thing. Oh yeah, like you can get so many different There's, decks and whatever. Like not only was there the you know the the Netherlands deck yeah. and, the, and you know these things, but they they also came out with you know the red deck and the white deck and the purple deck. There's and, all these different you know, decks you can get. Yeah. There's so many, and and you know they may go a long way to you know sort of a- adding a lot more the variation is, into the game. Do they change but, the? The spaces, though, like what you can play on, or do they just change what you can build as minor improvements? D- and just change what you build from minor improvements and occupations. Because for yeah. me, it yeah. was really there was very few times in Caverna that I felt I'm wasting this move because I have nothing to do. Yeah. In Agricola, if you were last player, there was way too many times where just like, well, what's the best of the worst? Yeah. And there was like mm-hmm. really nothing to do. Mm-hmm. But at, at the same time, I, I you know, I. It, I, I really think the limiting factor in, in Agricola was, was you know, what cards you got. And we talked about yes. that earlier. Yeah. yeah. If if you have a terrible hand at the beginning, there's there's really no coming back from that. You're going to have a bad game. You know, you just, yeah. you know, you need to grind it out and do the best you can. And may, maybe your your opponent has a bad Similarly hand too. Bad or hand. or yeah. just misplays the hell out of theirs, you know, kind of thing. So it's... I it's, do like the variation. Like the, the, the fact that Agricola has... And, you know, when you deal out however many cards per person, there's still a ton of cards that you haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's like half the deck. Oh, yeah. 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 So there's a ton of cards we never even saw. So, you know, who knows how it could go. 
Um, definitely using the variance is, is recommended with Agricola, like either drafting or the 10 dump three or whatever to make a difference. It's just going to add some time to the game just because at the very beginning you're reading the cards a lot more and paying more attention to, you have to really try to determine, okay, what does this card do and how's it going to help me? I think with Cavernid though, having, you know, all of those improvements available right um, at the beginning. Oh yeah, everything available. Yeah. And the adventuring I think makes it more accessible. Yeah. It and does. and you are even if you hands down absolutely love Agricola and it is you know, in your mind it is miles better mm-hmm. than Caverna, you're gonna have a harder time getting Agricola to the table, I think, than yeah. Caverna. If the other people you're playing with don't also share your absolute yeah. 100% love of Agricola. <laughs> That's right. So um, I, I do think that it, you know, potentially it's, um, you know, there's, there's for, you know, for a hardcore game, there's too much mitigation happening in Caverna. You know, it's, it's too easy to like, like one, one thing, absolutely. It was so much easier in Caverna to before the end of the game, make sure that every, every, every cavern, you know, cave was, yeah, you know, and every time. Well, Cause whoever did yeah. it early didn't need the spaces late. And then it's all those spaces were open yeah. for other people to do it. Yeah. So it was, it was, and there was like, it just wasn't even of, a worry. Yeah. yeah there's you know? a lot of opportunity to like clear trees and, and yeah. cavern and, and dig out your cavern. So yeah, it's a lot easier in Caverna to like there was, to there was the, so there was the slash and burn, you yeah. know, like there was just too much. Well, I mean, not too much, but there, there was enough in there that I didn't even worry mm-hmm. about, you know, Oh, well, I'm, I'm not going to get all my fields, you know, cultivated. Yeah. So I, there's a lot of mitigation in it. But again, you know, if you're, you know, if you if you haven't played it a lot or you're a new player, that's going to be a draw, not a not a detriment. So, yeah, I well, I, think... I, I really want to like or love Agricola more. Like I think if it for a purist, it's yes. going to be Agricola. But for for you know just the sheer playability and being able to get it out to the table with with other players, um. Yeah, I, I think it's it's got to be Caverna. Yeah. Before we played Agricola the second time, I was actually leaning towards Agricola. Yeah. Honestly, but the second time we played it through, it, and it might have been the mitigating factors with Caverna. I felt Caverna was more of a farming game than Agricola mm-hmm. because you could actually clear a field and plant it early in Caverna, where in Agricola it was a space to mm-hmm. to clear the to field. plow. Yeah. Then you had to find the space to get the grain and then you had to wait for the sow of field to pop up so you could be playing close to a third of the game before you even can start farming fields yeah whereas caverna like you can sow the field immediately immediately. you know you could as long as you had a a grain from somewhere or a vegetable from somewhere you could start sowing right away and even if the like the get what is it sheep i think is the first one that pops up in caverna Mm -hmm. even if the get sheep action doesn't pop up right away and the blacksmith comes up first you can go adventuring to get a sheep yep by spending ore yeah so yeah and actually well and to that point um the the card where it, it gives you a grain and a vegetable yes right and, and if if nobody takes the grain it then when it reloads it adds round. a vegetable yeah there was the thing um so it it can it, be yeah. difficult at the beginning to get the vegetable like through through normal means yeah 
but then you can get it with rubies. You can get it with, yeah, yep. you know, that, so there, yeah, there's, there's just so Different much ways. mitigation yeah. in it. So like Agricola's a little less mitigation, but with an easier time to get fields and actually play it like you're farming. And I think right. I'd like it better. It's yeah. just that Caverna felt like you were farming and building a mine and stuff where Agricola felt like you were mostly just worried about feeding your people. And while I could farm and maybe convert it because yeah. I have to do a special action to cook bread. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll just get my food other ways. And it's highly reliant on the cards you get yeah. in the start of the game. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, there you have it. I think it, it's definitely Caverna, but, um, you know, Agricola is still a great game, but with, with, uh, caveats, <laughs> we'll say. <laughs> you have to really love euros. You really have to, it, yeah. Like, you really have to mm-hmm. love euros, and you have to be, um, you have to definitely use some of the variants to help mitigate some of the the possibilities of getting a crap hand at the beginning, yeah, and and just being stuck there because then you're playing for a few hours, having a bad time. So, definitely. Yeah. Well, the, the one thing I'd say to people though, looking at at um, Agricola Cavern, and I think you know, on the surface of it, it it seems like it's. Like, it's just, it's so inaccessible. It's such a brain burner kind of thing. But it really isn't. No. You know, no. once once you get into the, the gameplay of it, it becomes quite, um, you know, like, like I, I guess you compare it to chess where the moves are actually quite easy to understand. To play it well is, yeah. you know, takes a lot. But it's it's such an accessible game, both of them. Um, You know, I, I've, I've heard in other podcasts where they refer to Agricola as Misery Farm, and it's really not... Anywhere near oh, it's not that, really that bad. bad. No. no, I do think it was better with three players than four. There's less competition for yeah. for actions. You, there's more option. We were farming more with three people. Yes. We were farming more with three people. When you had the fourth player, even though you get a couple of extra cards in there, I just found, it, yeah, it just made it so well, it much tighter resources much. that didn't really factor in in the end because none of your yeah. resources factor in for points. No, it's just your cows and your vegetables and stuff and there's a lot less family improvement too with four players for like i found with the four of us i had the same amount of people in both playthroughs did you yeah i I, I didn't do any family improvement i couldn't i just had a hard time one important factor too is is who that fourth person is yeah and anytime (laughs) we we introduce marcus to the game i like it it just cuts my chances of winning into like zero he he was last today yeah he was last this day yeah 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 today today <laughs> well no his first playthrough of agricola that, yeah that last. first playthrough <laughs> and he won caverna so yeah oh and handily like he was yeah. i think 20 points ahead of us when, when we played caverna. i think in that second game yeah i think you're right yeah because the, remember the the first time he played through he didn't he didn't do adventuring and i kind of said to him you know like you know there, there's well, these great advantages to it so in, in the next time he played he went adventuring and destroyed well us. he he didn't uh grow his family he either. didn't grow his he family stuck with either. two dwarves and didn't bother doing a weapon because he got that one space that gives victory points for not having any weapons on your door yeah didn't, didn't so seem to need it yeah and that it was about halfway through that game i looked over and i'm like you realize you're gonna be running short because you don't have extra turns like every dwarf is an extra yeah. turn and uh, we were discussing it after we played that and he's like yeah after you pointed it out i realized my mistake but couldn't find a way to Change. Yeah. yeah, it was already too late. Yeah. yeah, so he was trying to figure out a different way to get points, but it was just just didn't work out. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. can't spend half dwarves. the game without understanding this is an important part of it. Yeah. So, yeah. because in that game too, you can you can start 
getting additional dwarves right away. Like there's a yes. spot where you can get into, you know, family growth kind of right away. You still have to have the room for that dwarf, mm-hmm. but, but it's much easier to get those rooms. Yeah. As far as the Agricola, you have to wait you know, probably until the, I think it's like, this is after the first stage. I think I don't think you can do yeah, family growth se- until second, the second stage. Second stage. Yeah. So you, there's no chance of getting a, um, a, a third work, a worker in Agricola until you're hitting at least round five. Whereas, Caverna, you can start right away as long as you can make a dwelling. You just have the resources for a dwelling. You furnish that tile, and, and away you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's enough for the discussion now. Let's um, move on to our last uh, segment. But it's going to briefly talk. Uh, no, Jeff hasn't read the. the it's okay. I, I've read <laughs> some stuff on it. I haven't read the specific. Okay, you haven't read the specifics. But done. we're going to talk a little bit about the upcoming Mordekainen's Tome of Foes. Um, just, you know, looking over what they've released about it, it, it looks like it's, um, it's almost like in a way of, uh, a different kind of Volo's guide. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, but for like higher end things, like he has, yeah, like, I think they said it's, it's essentially CR 10 to 20 ish. Yeah. So you get like, a lot thing. more higher end creatures. Um, I think there's going to be from the sounds of it might be some options for, for some of the races, Mm-hmm. Some new, new. Um, yeah, there's, there's definitely some, some sub unearth- races, some stuff that was play tested through Unearth Arcana. Yeah, has made its way in. So I, that, that's going to be interesting. So it's going to be one of those books that is it going to be a, it may not be a must buy for everybody right away. Um, you know, I could definitely mm-hmm. say that you know, Xanathar's Guide is is pretty much a must buy. If it, I, if I it's find. like Volos, it's optional it's going to be an it's optional. optional oh this will definitely yeah. be optional and the difference is if you get this one and you know mordecai is not going to show up, show up in your adventure and sell it to you for a <laughs> amount of money yeah that was interesting yeah volo <laughs> doesn't you know volo shows up and hey you want to buy this book for uh, 50 gold <laughs> jesus yeah but uh mordecai and um he's from a different plane so he, he hops planes a lot mm-hmm. so the chances of you running into him are pretty slim um it's not to hawk a book. <laughs> yeah, not to hawk a book. Yeah, I got this book to sell you. Uh, but it, you know, it's, it does sound like it's going to be interesting, and I'm looking forward to, to checking it out. So I, I will be getting it. I have already pre-ordered it. Um, and I think Drew pre-ordered it as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. We're, we're both going to have it for sure. So you know, when it when it finally does come out, we'll definitely um, do a, a proper yeah, I don't, read-through I, and review of it. I don't know. It's going to take both of the campaigns that we're playing to get even close to close the level to that 10 levels, before but, you start yeah. seeing it. But value. at the same time, um, it, it sounds like they're, um, you know, one of the, one of the features of the book is that they're, um, you know, they're adding in quite a lot of the, the mythology backstory, um, like as, as content within the book. Yeah. Um, like, um, like conflicts between races and stuff yeah. like that, which will be interesting. So I, yeah, I, and and I like that kind of, yeah, know, I think that, that kind of color, that history and, and color. And, yeah. um, and background can add a lot to the, you know, like well, your upper level campaigns. But yeah. but if you yeah, if you're just sort of, you know, immersed in, um, you know, in that world, is it specifically like they focused on Faroon or is it? It's no, I think it's I think it's uh, yeah, the, like they they referenced a lot of this as is cross planar. Yeah, because like, like so, they mentioned, he 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 travels between planes a lot. So there's probably going to be stuff that is gray, maybe Greyhawk specific. But um, it may, some of it may not even be plane specific. It might be um, just in general. Dwarves and elves don't. Yeah, go like they're they're yeah. talking about Dragonlance, Forgotten Realms, Greyhawk. So I, I think there's going to be a lot in here. 
if you um if you read the dragon i don't know if you ever check out the dragon uh magazines that they publish online now through D&D Beyond but if you do um there's a good article the, the, the new dragon plus that dragon they've plus. released has quite a bit on on this Mordekainen's um tome coming out so uh it's good to check out if you are if you're interested in that kind of thing but um yeah it's um it's coming and it's going to be in a couple months so there'll definitely be you know we'll definitely be talking more about it um it's just unfortunately right now there's not a lot for us to talk about because the 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 preview is more high high level just talking about oh this is going to cover you know CR10 and higher stuff it's going to give you more history and all that which is which is all great there's a, this hasn't been any specifics well I shouldn't say that actually I it, think there were a couple. couple examples right yeah like I think they um what was it I'm flipping down here yeah so they um Garion Marut the astral dreadnought they talk about yeah they talk and then so they give you they give you a few about yeah they give yeah. you a few examples though and so basically like it's going to be volos for high level which yes. really does mean it's optional because volos totally it, it, it's a world building mm-hmm. sort of guide more yeah. than anything which is great like don't get me wrong it's great no it's I, just, I like volos as a as a player you probably don't want to jump out and grab it until you've seen some real content from yeah. it no, that's true. And um, Volos also was nice that it gave you some additional player race options. Yes, the races were probably the best part of Volos for everyone was yeah. the different options. I mean, just the entertainment value and someone maybe having a kobold or something because they have the rules there <laughs> yeah. for it. For making a kobold player yeah. character or a goblin or a player goblin. character or orc, yeah. And I mean, it, it's not even just from the player's perspective of making that character, but from the DM's perspective of having people react to something that isn't normally seen in the environment with them. Like if you're yep. in a city or something, mm-hmm. kobolds are seen as bad. So uh, it adds a level of conflict just in the everyday interactions for your players that yeah. you can have fun with. Yeah. The thing that, that might help is with, with D&D Beyond, if, you're, if your DM is, is you know, going to pick up Mordekainen's, you know, you might be able to share it out and, and you can have a look at it before you decide. Yeah, when you share out the content, I don't know if it's something that you can actually look at, is it? I don't know. Um, I think it just puts you, the options in your character. It makes it, yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't think, think you can I thought you much. could read a, a bit more. I'm not sure. I think it's, I think it mostly it's about having those options available for creating a character in a campaign that your your DM has created in D&D Beyond. Well, I stand corrected. Don't, then go out and buy the book. Don't wait for your DM <laughs> to share stuff. That's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, though I don't, Unfortunately, there's not much more we can say about Mordekainen at this time. But like I said, uh, when it does come out, we will do a review of it and um, give you more thoughts once we have a chance to actually flip through it. So this is a really short second segment this time around, um, which is fine. Um, it helps keep the uh, episode length a little shorter this time and and uh, you'll get to move on to your next uh, episode of whatever you're listening to right away. But... Um, Anyways, uh, that will be the end of the episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, make sure you follow us at our website at www.boardnowgaming.com. Uh, we're on Facebook, uh, Reddit, uh, Twitter. You can also um, subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play. Also on um, Stitcher. and Our BGG Guild. Yeah, um, make sure to check out our BGG Guild where we post our show notes for all for every episode. 
And there's also a bit of a forum there, so you could reach out to us and, and you know, comment on the episodes if you'd like, and we'd love to hear from you. Um, but anyways, until next time, thanks for listening, and uh, keep on gaming. Good night. Bored now. Shit.